0: Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management, to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Hey everyone, this is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. And today I am joined by, two guests, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, tailings facility in, in a very specific way. And I guess I'll uh, ask Karen to introduce herself first.
1: All right, um, good to be here, thanks Brian. Uh, Karen Chauvin, I'm the CEO and founder of Enviro Integration Strategies, been working in mine waste management for about 25 years and most recently focused a lot on the risk management elements and governance aspects of tailings management Mm -hmm. and joined working with uh, Monica Ospina uh, to address some of the social elements of late so
0: yeah that's definitely a big part of GISTM and I think um, most of us tailings practitioners knew that that was a big thing all along but it's it's uh, in writing for the whole world to see now yeah
1: definitely
0: yeah. a focus yeah. area moving forward or even more yeah yeah and and monica uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself
2: yes thank you thank you brian for having us and it's amazing to be with karen well my name mm-hmm. is monica spina uh i'm a social scientist and i have been working for over 20 years on find a way to integrate communities to industrial practices and mostly mining. And um, and it has been quite a fascinating journey. And in the last couple of years we have been working with Karen around the social science, the social side of tailings. And in this process, in this journey, we learned I mean I think the most amazing thing, we learned that we need to be teams to make this work and we need to be on the side of looking for solutions and that's precisely what I think that we should be working together to, to make this work. And I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, Brian.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. And Karen's been on the, the podcast before, but maybe, Monica, you could tell us a little bit more about yourself, your education, and your career.
2: Well, my background is quite different than all of you guys, so it will be mm-hmm. kind of a different story. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm originally from Colombia, and I moved mm-hmm. to Canada more than 20 years ago. And my education, I I did my grad school in Diplomatic Studies and yeah. uh, basically the whole purpose and the vision back then was how we can bring elements of international diplomacy to the private sector and even more to work with communities, kind of reversing what normally countries do to access and have a relation with other countries, but in this case, apply to communities. At the beginning, was kind of a crazy idea, but... Uh, But it makes lots of sense the more we are moving towards collaboration and working in different regions and even more for companies who bring foreign direct investment uh, to host countries and trying to keep a very good relation with the communities and all local stakeholders. So that has been my journey. And in this journey is a combination of research, academia, and lots of my practices in working and assisting companies and how they can work around engagement and from indigenous peoples to traditional communities from land access and exploration and to to improve the, the, the relationship when mine operations are happening to closing, which is quite a, a scary moment for many local stakeholders. So it has been a journey consistent in terms of keeping that positive dialogue and engagement, but very diverse from from touching different angles in the mining cycle. So right now with tailings is a new flavor and it has been very interesting to see how many elements that traditional goes around transparency and information disclosure applies here. Uh, the quality of the engagement and communication process applies also here in tailings. The importance of keeping record and good understanding of grievance mechanism as a way of communication and understanding the red flags, understood mm-hmm. or misunderstood by communities, and most importantly, as I said before, the opportunity to to co-create and collaborate with other other talents and other experiences and other backgrounds. So, so yeah, that's that's quite this journey, fascinating one.
0: Yeah, that's that's great, and and we really want to talk about this new initiative that you and Karen have started. And maybe Monica, you could tell us a little bit about that initiative, where it, where it came from, what it is, where it's going.
2: Yes, well, it's called the Tailings Area of Social Base right. Uh mm-hmm. All it started with Karen and I started exchanging ideas about two different corners: uh, hers from the, the the geotechnical and all the engineering piece, and mine on the social science and. When we were start uh, thinking on on we want to be and create a solution, we learned that we have lots to contribute. So we start considering and exchanging exchanging knowledge from each other, and we were able to see that it's one space that that will be critically important, not only in terms of the social sciences of the minds, but at the same time, to ensure that the mining mining industry acts responsibly in the regions and being able to be proactive and mitigate potential waste. So the tailings area of social waste identifies communities that are in the impacted areas, the communities that could be impacted by a tailing failure. And from that, we dig in not only on the technical piece that Karen can explain uh, right after what I'm saying, but it also importantly to anticipate what could be the communities impacted and in many cases the communities impacted are not necessarily the area of influence that social performance have defined or environmental impact assessment have defined. So this could be an extensive area or could be leading to to regions or agriculture areas, farmland, cities or things that other regions that probably originally the mind didn't think. And from that, having that information in advance will allow to have a proactive planning for risk management in knowing that the company needs to be an additional uh, uh, collaboration agreements or or having an open conversation with critical stakeholders, just even to talk about what if an emergency happens. But the emergency doesn't stop if it's an emergency it doesn't stop there, we need to consider the livelihood of communities who could be impacted because either if there was a farmland, recover the land and going back to make this an economic opportunity for them is it takes time and obviously impact them. And one element that is a challenge for the industry in all what we do literally is the remote operations. And in remote areas, not necessarily might be Hundred percent, the risk to lives, to the lives of people living there. But at the same time, it could be an impact in biodiversity and critically, an impact on indigenous territories and indigenous peoples. Just because we operate in these far remote areas,
0: so yeah.
2: based on yeah. based on that, we we start identifying and we move into being able to contribute and be be part of the solution of assessing in advance. I'm preparing companies at least to understand what does it mean, what could be that impact, and how far they could go. But Karen explains three times better than me on the technical and uh, and, the, and and what does it mean are from the planning, and what does it mean and for the operation.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can appreciate that. And, and Karen, what what is your, uh, what can you add to that?
1: Yeah. So I think. You know some of the things that we are seeing, maybe some gaps in is, <clears throat> so for new facilities and looking forward, um, a greater need to uh, both identify the potential impacts beyond looking at just say uh, the people number of people at risk or number of potential lives lost, which is often quite a large focus of these um, decision-making processes. Um, And and also involving those stakeholders to help identify actually what some of the potential impacts may be in regards to livelihoods and use of land and such things like that. Um, Because when uh, say inundation studies are done Uh, It's typically much further along the path of, you know, something's been designed already and now we're looking at those impacts. If we're doing it earlier, sometimes for decision-making, we make, we have engineers who are taking and making assessments of their own on what, uh, what they see on the maps potentially, but not necessarily engaging the communities to confirm or validate what's happening in that region. Um, and they tend to focus also on the footprint of the inundation and not the broader region of impacts that may be um, may be incurred as a result of a failure. So, you know that that was one <clears throat> sort of really big gap that we saw. And the other is, um, you know, there's been a rising uh, need for greater engagement or existing facilities um, to let communities know, you know, what are the risks that are there, uh, what potential areas can be impacted, and involving them in developing emergency response plans and now with the global standard, the uh, recovery plans in the event of potential failure. So, you know, there's a lot of companies I think that are a bit concerned or worried about taking this information out to the public um because they've maybe not revealed all of that detail yet Mm -hmm. and so this was a way that we could maybe help them get a handle of of uh, some of the potential uh, concerns or impacts um, that they should anticipate before going to engage but also you know um, helping to explain like get prepared better for for that engagement so yeah so yeah that's really, kind of the link between the technical and the the social was trying to really what is it that we do now or have done and what could be improved by involving the social practitioners and the communities themselves
0: right, right yeah you know an inundation map to engineers something that's there to inform and prepare for emergencies and help guide in some of those ways but for the community it's something that's horrifying you know it, it it's hard to imagine well why did this company develop this map my house is you know the, sitting right here compared to the inundation area and you know just thinking of the devastation so i can see how uh, combining social and technical aspects on something like a inundation map would be uh, very helpful
1: yeah and I think too um bringing the practitioner social side in um because you know see see these uh, studies um just get issued or released uh, as as part of the transparency of information and but yet people don't really understand what it's for um and that it is done uh, on the basis of assuming it will fail rather than the probability mm-hmm. yep. of oh, it right. actually right. potentially failing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, there's a big difference in the storyline that comes out if you can bring that out proactively and explain what that means versus it just being put out in the public realm uh, because it's been demanded. So
0: Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so- so Monica, the the GISTM that we've mentioned a couple of times, it's changed a lot of things. Uh, but one of them is the the uh, transparency for tailings, and uh, do you think that's helped or hindered what you're trying to achieve?
2: Well, this is this is a very good very good point. I think that GISTM is is breaking. Um, a paradigm that we have in the industry and this is literally is gonna the results of this is gonna reflect companies that are have been very serious and committed to social performance and others that have been just just mm-hmm. less committed because when we talk about transparency is we're talking about the ability to bring a difficult conversation to stakeholders and if the environment hasn't been Professionally prepare the dialogue hasn't been there. The grievance mechanism is not active. I'm talking from from the very beginning until today. Transparency right now will be uh, e- an issue of conflict. Yeah. Or will be another conversation, and this is what we we would like to to really work around because in the in communities in areas. Uh, where most of money operate either they work in conflict areas or in government in, in areas where governments don't have a strong presence communities are very much accustomed to live in, in under risk either because poverty or because the absence of basically uh, to satisfy basic needs or so on so they can have they are mature enough to have serious conversations but are we prepared have we prepared the community for serious conversations or we are just being happy painting churches and giving candies, that yeah. that yeah. will infuriate communities when you are bringing a, such an delicate issue. And at the same time, what happens here is when we really will see the value of trust. So if the company has a professional uh, stakeholder engagement processes or planning plays, talking about tailings, it will be familiar for communities because they have talked about impacts of the project. And at the same time, the, if, the co- if the community has been exposed to these conversations, they will appreciate the hard work that has been behind mitigating any potential risk of failings because they trust you. But mm-hmm. if you have never had a very good engagement process, the level of distrust and fear goes to the roof because suddenly you are gonna bring a topic that you never, you never disclose information you were not even comfortable for me understanding what a tailings means or, or basically I have been ignored all the time that you are in town. It's no point for me to trust you as a company. Yeah. So the grounds were not set for that. So I think that at this point, transparency in information disclosure is nothing to be fearful. Um, I think it's the opposite. It just brings value to the relationship it means that the company is accountable and is responsible. And uh, and if the, com- if the community understands the impacts in advance and had been exposed to a very good communication or even issues as simple as employment opportunities, for example, and they know what the processes are in place and governance are there, for them will be, it is a difficult conversation, but it's a conversation I want to have. And I want to know, and as Karen was saying, I want to know that the company is doing efforts to mitigate any risk. I want to know which are the areas. I know, I want to know if my farm or my home or my my mom's house is in this area. Mm-hmm. I want to know what will be what what should I have to do if it's an emergency. I want to know what my municipality is gonna do to protect me and my family. but being quiet for many years or either because, that's a policy that you normally you don't talk about these things or because they the engagement plan is weak it will certainly will have an impact in the reputation of companies that that will have to go through this process
0: right right yeah for sure for sure
1: Brian can I just add um, one other aspect that I think it's... that this will bring about is yeah of course um, you know and Monica already sort of um, highlighted it, but maybe didn't highlight it outright, um, that the area of, of impact from tailings, failure, potential tailings, failure might be different than the mm-hmm. area of influence that a mine has engaged around, um, previously, you know, cause when we do these, uh, engagement, um, programs for new mine developments, they often are focused, uh, say, a perimeter around the mine, whatever perimeter offset that might be, um, to impact communities, right? And the the focus of discussion is often around jobs and economic Mm -hmm. development and development of business uh, within the region, Um, and less so you know there's going to be some discussion around environmental impacts and things that may be directly local but uh, this may bring about new conversations with new communities for some companies if the failure uh, path is outside of the influence area that they've already addressed so it's
2: interesting yeah Well, on Mm -hmm. that, I am glad that you brought that because normally projects, they have the environmental area of, um, um, area of influence or area of impact for the environmental impact assessment. And the social area of influence is most of the time voluntarily. And some companies are very strict about defining the areas and processes as you say, for economic, social economic purposes and keeping the social license. But when we talk about now here, we're talking about an affected region and the risk. Um, and the discussion is different. The conversation is different. The, the experts that you bring to the room are different. And that could have an impact if companies are going to permitting processes or companies going through public participation, or if it's a, a free, proud, informed consent that indigenous peoples have to give the consent that will have an impact. So once again, the quality in the in the in the communication and the transparency in this will define the, the social approval, which is critical for, for the project to operate. So it's not that loose is is a very key element and um, and companies right now I think that are called to to review what they're doing around social in terms of identifying and having solid baselines and treat it as as they they treat environmental or health and safety or other other areas.
0: Yeah, yeah. Either of you, have you ever had a uh, dam break analysis um, program or whatever we want to call them? Have you ever had them do any sensitivity analyses on the inundation map? And the reason I ask is because we kind of, treat those maps like they're gospel, but if you just change some of the parameters a little bit, then there's almost none of the parameters that we actually know precisely, like the rheology. Have you ever asked anybody to, to look at a range of parameters so that they can present maybe not not really probabilistic, but something that shows a range of results?
1: Um, so I would say not yet. Like, we, yeah. we are sort of looking at, you know, I know there's a number of different models out there, different uh, ways of doing things, and sort of taking a look a little bit at, at what tools are being used in sort of um, some of the papers that are Written around, I guess, the diversity of responses um, based on some parameters and such, but we haven't we haven't drilled into that in detail. Yeah, though, so. yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, it's such a big uh, topic of conversation at the you know various conferences and such as how do we get more consistent in practice in yeah. modeling and what what are the key parameters that we need to be c- concerned about or do sensitivities around, so.
0: Right, right. So, so I, I know you're new in this uh, this whole process, but is there an example of a project where you've done this that you could share with us?
2: Well, we have observed projects that have, and we are, as, as you say, we're in the in the, Defining the the entire task and uh, looking for the opportunity to pilot, but yeah. we were looking at projects um, that and and the impacts and even considerations on on the geographic location and the culture. In so many cases, so for example, in the Andes is uh, is quite interesting because you have a massive you have a big demographic impact uh, because migration and lack of employment and the difficulty of of farmers to sustain themselves. So mine towns are very small. So probably the footprint won't, the, the impact won't be as, as strong as if we go to valleys, which was the case of Brumadinho in Brazil, where you will find a quite dense population in the areas and young population, which is greater impact because you will have a uh, extreme cases of pregnant women and children. So the, all of these elements of demographics will vary and with Karen, we will just observe that that could that will be a cultural and a social demographic element that will literally have a very different approach um when when we work about that social the social component here. But it's still I it will be amazing and we are really looking to to have a chance to to work in partnership with a company that allows us to bring to bring the the taser as part of their mitigation risk mitigation plan.
0: Yeah that that's great. And I think uh, I, I think you've probably got a pretty busy a uh, couple of years ahead of you because of the GIS team the requirement for uh being more transparent uh, with regard to tailings. But I think this is really well timed and I, I think you're gonna get really busy really quick.
2: Well, that will be great. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: be, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> that's, true,
2: that's, true, that's true. No, but in terms of the solution, I think that that uh, when we were working with friends, honestly, when we started, we were just starting two friends uh, being curious about how we can help.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, and and I think that 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 allows us to to learn a lot about how much the industry is missing by by treating all the expertise in silos. Um, yeah. and at the same time uh, at the same time we are missing that piece of of the benefit of open dialogue with the stakeholders the fear is really stopping us to to create solutions that that even 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 the opportunity to speak openly to make communities comfortable with you we are missing an opportunity on that. You're just simply missing that they appreciate how much effort is behind because we don't talk. We we, we don't we don't we don't explain what we are doing and we don't capture where the fears are and sometimes it might be very different than what we imagine.
0: Yeah, when communications break down or when they aren't there to begin with, there's um fears from both sides. So it's not just the community, but the the mining company can be paranoid about what their uh, neighbors are doing on the adjacent properties, too. So, yeah, good communication helps on both sides.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah, and I think that, that, I mean, has been sort of our intention all along is to explore that that space of dialogue between different practitioners Mm -hmm. and different views on the world. Um, You know, so spanning not just on the, the mind side, but out to the communities. But, you know, even without going out to the communities, um, we need to do better at communicating internally as well and, and bringing in a lot more voices into the decisions that we make. Um, so, you know, I think our hope was just, let's start down this road and facilitate more conversations that, help us yeah. make better decisions yeah. and then plan better uh for mitigating those risks that we do create so yeah you know, cool. not, none of us want to see any more failures of course but no you know in the event that they do we would hope that you know this work would help to mitigate the impacts you know and yeah yeah burden.
0: i wish we had a little more time because there's a movie that that i like to uh talk about when it comes to communication the value of communication and what happens when you don't there's a movie called the neighbors and it's uh john belushi and dan Aykroyd, and and there's just a really good example of why good communications are necessary so if you haven't seen that you should look for it on on whatever your favorite platform is and then you can tell people the story about the neighbors and how that's a uh, real-life application to to uh, communications
1: yeah i right. feel like i can imagine imagine the outcomes in the movie so,
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah well i already make a note No, this is this is homework okay um, good so
0: <laughs> but it, but at least it's fun homework
2: it is fun homework and one thing yeah. that i i would like to to add here is that right now with the attention that mining is getting this in the spotlight due to critical minerals and the energy transition. Yeah, it is. It is also critical that we we recognize the the importance of working with uh, local stakeholders, and I'm putting stakeholders as all under the umbrella: governments, regulatory authorities, mm-hmm. communities, and even your workers. Yeah, that in the fact that not. Building a good, a good relation with them, and good relations are not necessarily smiling and and not having disagreements. You can have plenty yep. of disagreements, yep. And through the disagreements, find a way to collaborate, and that is that is what is needed. is 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 literally a call for collaboration. And when we look in the regions of the world where where the critical minerals are seated and where mining companies most probably are going to direct their investment, we are talking about the regions that are not as strong in terms of governments. And that means, once again, we have to step up as an industry and recognize that those local stakeholders want to trust us because the environment where they are, they they don't have the support of the governments that they need. So if we want them to appreciate what is having a mind in their town or a, a heavy industry because... At the end of the road is no mining per se. A heavy industry in a sensitive area, that is what is mining. Because heavy industries in industrial parks don't have and don't face the same issues that we face just because we are operating in in vulnerable regions. So that is, once again, uh, a pressure for us to be able to talk openly and to bring the stakeholders to the discussion. they, when we were working with Karen, we were just defining different scenarios. What about if this is going to be a brand new mine? How amazing will it be that we capture from the communities the major fears? Is uh, access to water resources? Is because it's lack of quantity of water, quality? Is because farmland? Is because sacred sites? Is because they they use this region for X, Y, Z? Rather yeah. than we take this, the, the the decision ourselves and later have to explain, how different is if we just understand and have that early engagement when we are mm-hmm. planning and we recognize that as part of our community blueprint. Let's call it like blueprint and elevated to the engineer words. So we yeah, have that yeah. community blueprint <laughs> to mm-hmm. say, okay, this is part of the equation, and um, and Karen and I coming from very different backgrounds, we both agreed that that would be the ideal the scenario, that the community blueprint is part of the design. Uh, and yeah. Because the, com- the conversation later is gonna be much easier. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not gonna mm-hmm. be an easy one because mm-hmm. it's never an easy one, yeah. but it will be a conversation of respect of both sides because you took the time to listen to what is important for me. And and, and, and you gave me the time to explain what, what uh, what this mitigation plan is about. Right. So right. that creates that the scenarios, and we need to create other scenarios even more in the regions where we are working, we are going, we are looking to work. Um. And I think that that is that is an opportunity to do better. And I and I I want to see be positive and super optimistic that we can do much better. And it's proven we are doing much better. And um and it's just a matter of lots of uh, different. Disciplines working together to make it happen.
0: Yeah, that yeah that that's good, and I, I like the the part about you don't have to be smiling the whole time. You can you can mm. have disagreements, just so long as there's open discussion and things get resolved and and explained and from both sides, not just one way.
2: Yeah. No, it's um. Uh... It's interesting. It is it, very interesting. I think that we are living a very interesting moment. And this yeah. will change the direction of mining. Um and uh, and and I believe it's for good. So Yeah.
0: yeah this is good. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. And is there any questions that I didn't ask you that you wanted me to ask?
2: Hmm. Hmm. Now you make me think. <laughs> 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 well, apart from the movie, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that one thing that will be interesting, um, and is mm, no more than a question, but much more around um, the genuine uh, understanding of our purpose. Yeah, I think that this is this is. Uh, I mean, I mean, don't think this is a spiritual piece or anything like that. It just mm-hmm. it just makes the industry and all of us working in industry. Question is what is the purpose of having a mine here? Yeah, and uh, and what is the purpose for society? Yeah, and it's easy for us to picture the jobs, but when we talk about in terms of legacy, it's much bigger, because mm. we are lifting we are lifting regions uh, that probably won't have any other chance. We are lifting communities to inspire them to for kids to go to school and and study and 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 become engineers or become doctors or become anything they want, that probably the yeah. environment where they are won't allow. So all of this is is kind of, um, we are in time out, literally. Think about it and do it better. And yeah. I, I think that this is important and this is a good thing that is is gonna help the industry. We want this to be, to think on this positive. I think that it's really gonna help the industry a lot. Okay, yeah,
0: perfect, perfect. you know what I I wish we had more time but I've definitely come up to a hard stop but uh, yeah this has been great and uh, maybe after you get a few more of these as they say under your belt we should uh, get back together and and have you give us some updates on how it's all going
2: wonderful Yeah,
0: Yeah. yeah Karen and Monica thanks for spending some time with us and sharing your information I always appreciate when guests come on and and help me get a little bit smarter. So I appreciate that.
2: Well, thank you for opening a space to to, to make us think and, and share the progress on that. And it has been amazing. Thank you, Brian. Oh,
0: absolutely. Thank you, Karen.
2: Thank you, my, Brian. And you
1: my, can see why I like working with Monica. She's got definitely of things to bring to the table.
0: <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely. Well,
2: and I'm learning a lot from Karen. Believe me, Brian, when she yeah. was sharing her, her Technical thing, I have to ask many times. Do you mind to repeat again, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, good
0: for that's what you, when good you for work
2: you. with, the smart cookies. But it's, yep. it's great. <laughs> yeah, thank you so per- much.
0: Perfect. Thank, thank you too, and uh, to catch up with you someday. All
2: right. thank, thank you. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.